Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Thursday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and I want to thank you for making the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. And remember, Locked On Hawkeyes is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked On Hawkeyes. All right, y'all, on today's show, as we do every Thursday during football season, we're going to be breaking down what to expect from this Maryland team. They have one of the best passing attacks in the nation four games in. But is it legitimate? And who should we be who should we be concerned about on that offense? And what are their weak spots there defensively? Have they looked good against bad competition? Or is this defense really figuring things out? And what are the key injuries for a couple of guys that are going to be holding them a little bit back at the linebacker unit? There are some opportunities for Iowa to take advantage of this defense, and we're going to talk about it all right here on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. All right, y'all. Let's get into it, though. Starting with the offense, when we look at Maryland, and actually let's, let's take a little bit, step back a little bit more. Maryland at this point is 4-0. So if you've been living under a rock or you haven't been paying attention to Maryland, totally fine. That's what we're here for. Maryland, though, is 4-0. And they've done this before. They've gotten off to hot starts before. And then they kind of just crumble. When you look at the teams they've beaten, is it really that impressive? Now, the same can be said for Iowa, to be fair. Iowa State losing to Baylor doesn't help Iowa. Indiana losing to Cincinnati and barely beating Western Kentucky doesn't really help Iowa. And then obviously Kent State and Colorado State, Kent State being a shared opponent between Iowa and Maryland, it doesn't really help Iowa look good either. However, Iowa has shown to be a team that can be good and has been good after those first strong four games. Maryland has not to this point. Maryland, first game, they beat West Virginia 30-24. to West Virginia is now 2-2. Two and two. They beat in Virginia Tech and LIU, and they lost to Oklahoma 16-13. Now, I talk a lot about transitive property. Just because you beat one team doesn't mean you're going to beat another team. Just because you beat one team by a certain amount of points and the other team didn't beat them by that amount of points doesn't mean you're going to win the game. So I just, I just think this is good context to have, though, coming into this game. They also beat Howard 62 to nothing. Howard's 0-4 and also not a... Not a, not a big team, not a uh, not a F, FBS team. Illinois, 20 to 17. Illinois, not a good team. One in four. Illinois did run the ball pretty well in that game. Josh McCray had eight attempts for 60 yards at a seven and a half yard per attempt clip. And Chase Brown had 57 yards on 14 attempts for a 4.1 yard clip. And against Kent State, Mitch or Maryland beat them 37 to 16. Kent State is now one and three. They did allow Kent State to move the ball pretty well, though. They allowed Dustin Crum to throw for 308 yards on a 60% completion percentage. They allowed 150 rushing yards on 47 attempts. Maryland did have 142 yards on 28 attempts, granted against a very bad Kent State rush defense. But they weren't. there were some issues there. And, and when you look at the score, yes, Maryland wins by 21 points. However... Kent State struggled when it really mattered, and kudos to Maryland's defense. Kent State went 4 of 16 on third down and 1 of 5 on fourth. They were going for it, and they just were not getting it. They were moving the ball pretty well, though. Maryland, on the flip side, wasn't that good themselves. Only 4 of 11 on third down and 1 of 2 on fourth. So, 
Um, some struggles there converting in big-time situations where they needed to. But ultimately, Maryland comes into this game 4-0 and having some talk about whether or not they should be ranked in the top 25. So although coming into the season, we did not expect this to be a tough game. In fact, I expected this to be arguably the easiest Power 5 game Iowa had. It doesn't look to be the case anymore, at least not initially. However, as we start looking into some of these stats, you start wondering, out of these big numbers they put up, how much is that Maryland versus how much is that the teams they faced? And that's what we're going to be diving into now. Offensively, grades across the board are phenomenal. A 92.7 offensive grade, a 92.6 passing grade. They are second in the nation, according to PFF, in passing success. Pass blocking, 81.2. Run blocking, 72. It all starts, though, with Talia Tagovailoa. Okay. Tua's little brother has done a pretty good job this year. Last year, incredibly inconsistent. Up and down and up and down. You just never knew what Tagovailoa you were going to get in that game. Even in between games, he looked very inconsistent between the first quarter and the second quarter. This year, significant improvement. He's completing 75% of his passes for 1,340 yards, 10 touchdowns, and one interception, which was a deflection that hit off a Maryland receiver. And 158 dropbacks, though, he only has 11 big-time throws, but he does only – he has zero turnover-worthy plays. So what that means, a big-time throw is a, a throw that you either typically throw long and it's right on the money, or it might be a 20-yard pass that was sliced between three different defenders to hit your guy. Um, Big-time throws are really uh, a measure of how big of a throw – that's a bad description. The big-time throw is really a measure of, of how good of a throw a quarterback had. Basically, quantifying the great throws a quarterback had throughout a game and throughout a season. For reference, though, Spencer has had eight, so not that far behind Maryland and Tagovailoa. The zero turnover-worthy plays, though, to me, is a very interesting stat. It means he's taking care of the ball, which will be interesting against an Iowa defense that likes to force quarterbacks into making dumb decisions, especially playing that zone defense. He has had some issues with drops. There's been three drops each game for Tagovailoa from his wide receiver group. So that turn, that completion percentage should be even higher at this point. And it's not like he's just taking shots at the, at the line of scrimmage. He's not doing a dink and dunk like we saw as much with Colorado State and with a Kent State. Tagovailoa has taken shots deep. He has 19 throws over 20 yards. He's completed nine of those for 383 yards. He has he almost has more passes over 20 yards than he does between the 10 and the 20. So, I mean, this is a guy who's not just playing it safe. He's making good throws, deep throws, taking shots, and protecting the football. And this is a big improvement over last year where he only had five big-time throws throughout the entire season and nine turnover-worthy plays. So, I mean, he's clearly made some progressions. However, has he played that good of defenses? I would say not. Howard, not on the list for PFF because they are not a you know major football team because they're an FCS team. Kent State, 92nd in coverage. Illinois, 73. West Virginia, 89. That is not a glowing endorsement of any of the teams Maryland has faced in terms of passing coverage. So is Maryland's passing grade of a 92.6? Is Tagovailoa's success? Is that Maryland? Or is that Kent State, Illinois, West Virginia not being very good in pass coverage? I think that's the question we're going to find out 
more than anything, come tomorrow night. Is this Maryland team legit? Now, if this Maryland team is legit, and I, I think I think there's always truth in both sides. I think it's probably somewhere in the middle. I still think Iowa's defense will be able to stop Maryland. The biggest concern is whether or not Tagovailoa will burn them with their legs. But when you look at this wide receiver group, this will be one of the tougher challenges that Iowa has this entire season. Remember, they don't have Ohio State in the schedule. Now, they did have Ty Freifogel in Indiana, and they did a pretty good job there. They have some tough you know, tough contests coming up, but this is probably one of the toughest, if not the toughest. Tayon Fleet-Davis, 311 yards on 44 um, targets, I should say. Or sorry, 44. Yeah, 44 targets. Excuse me. Wow, just uh, really struggling there. Let me back that up entirely. Tayon Fleet-Davis, 311 yards rushing on 44 attempts, 7.1 yards per carry and four touchdowns. But the wide receiver group, Dante Demas, 24 catches for 446 yards and 18.6 average. They targeted him 31 times. Raheem Jarrett, 17 catches for 265 yards, 15.6 yard per catch average on 27 targets. And he primarily operates out of the slot. So Raheem Jarrett, a guy who is second on the team in targets, is going to be a guy that Dane Belton is going to be very much responsible for as I was more than likely coming out into that 4-2-5 cash type of defense with Maryland trying to spread it out a little bit. And Jashawn Jones, their third wide receiver, 15 catches, 201 yards, 13.4 yard per catch, average 19 targets. I mean, these are the three guys that Iowa has to worry about, along with Fleet Davis in the backfield, who's done a phenomenal job of getting yards after contact. He's averaging 3.42 yards after contact. So when you look at their skill position players, this Maryland team is rock solid. I'm not kidding. They have some very talented, talented offensive players and we're going to talk a little bit more about that and what they bring to the table behind an offensive line that is a little bit up and down here in a few moments i do want to tell you though about sweat block if you're like me you've had issues with sweating and excessive sweating i used to have to pick my shirts out based off their color i always worried about wearing dress shirts and getting up in front of a lot of people and having to speak i keep my arms down a little bit i always wore a lot of white shirts actually because they hide the sweat even better when it comes to a dress shirt you can't see it nearly as much as you would on a uh, orange shirt per se. But now I don't have to worry about that anymore because I have a sweat block. Sweat blocks, antiperspirant wipes are literally life-saving for me. And yes, I know it's not life or death situation, but when you're in that moment, when you are the one sweating, it feels like life and death. Sweat block is stronger, more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed, the next morning, you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat, guaranteed. I know this will sound too good to be true, but I literally only have to use sweat block once or twice a week, which keeps me dry the entire time. No more pitting out. No more picking my shirts out based on which will hide the sweat better. If you or someone you love is dealing with this like I am, you have to check out sweat block. CVS has it as well as Amazon, but you can get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on. That's right. Promo code locked on L O C K E D O N at sweatblock.com. All right, y'all. And I want to quickly thank you again for making the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. We're going to get into it now, talking about this offensive line before we wrap up with a little bit of talk about their defense and why so or why they could be in a bit of a precarious situation as four people are potentially out four starters for the Maryland defense. We're going to be talking about that here in a second as well. Again, we talked about this quarterback tag Viola is definitely the, the catalyst for this team. 
They have three solid wide receivers in Dante Demas, Raheem Jarrett, and Deshaun Jones. And then Teon Fleet Davis is a very good running back with breakaway abilities. I mean, he's averaging 7.1 yards per carry. Now, when you look, though, at the rushing defense of these teams, Illinois, 90th, Kent State, 118th, West Virginia now, that's the one difference. They're at fifth in terms of rushing defense success. So, yes, they're, they are not playing, to be fair, some of the best rushing defenses in the country. So what to expect from this team, that's what we have to figure out. That's what we're going to be trying to figure out. And even against a solid West Virginia rush defense, Maryland did put up good numbers. Fleet Davis had 123 yards and 18 carries. They're back up at 50 yards and 14 carries. So they still did a good job even against a strong rush defense. I expect Iowa to do even better, though. Iowa, currently, their rush defense is a little bit stronger. They are, at this point, ninth in the nation with 2.3 yards per carry. Pretty darn good. When you look at this passing attack as well, yes, Maryland is second according to PFF in passing success. Iowa is 27th in the nation in passing yards allowed with 187. Now, what's important to keep in mind there is the fact that Iowa has been playing with the lead most of the season, which requires teams to throw the ball more. So despite the fact that teams are throwing the ball more, they are still not putting up big-time passing numbers against the Hawks. Maryland, at this point, 52nd in the nation at 29 points per game. Iowa, third in points allowed with only 11. Again, that includes two teams ranked in the top 25 to begin the season. I know Indiana will not finish in the top 25, but they are still a talented team. And Iowa State is more than likely going to start picking it up now. They're about to enter Brocktober. So I do expect Iowa State, though, to finish better than their 2-2 two and two start. Probably more like 8-4, and 9-3 and three at the end of the season. And then finally, the one thing I thought was kind of interesting, Maryland is 63rd in the nation in giveaways at 1.3. Iowa is 31st with one. Just to give you some contrast on the turnover piece, but we know Iowa is fantastic at forcing turnovers. Maryland has had some issues with fumbles, though. So it isn't exactly the interceptions. It's some of the fumbles that have been an issue for Maryland. And as we've noticed, our linebacker group has been doing a phenomenal job of getting their hands in the ball carrier's hands and knocking the ball out, punching the ball out whenever they have an opportunity to. We've seen several forced fumbles by the Iowa Hawkeyes in big-time key situations, even against big-time running backs like, like Brees Hall. So that's something that I'm watching out for in this game, Iowa versus Maryland. And then finally, to wrap it up, pass blocking-wise, they're doing a pretty good job when they're not in traditional pass sets. They only have 25% of their passes coming out of traditional pass sets. So that's a shotgun, non-RPO, not a screen that kind of thing, like a traditional, they're actually all running route concepts. He's just dropping back to throw the ball. Only 25% of their passing sets are true passing sets. But in those passing sets, they have three guys doing pretty poorly from a pass blocking perspective. 38.6 is one of their starting linemen's pass blocking grade in true pass blocking sets. 51.1 and 67.2. So there's some opportunity there. If Iowa can build a lead and get Maryland into true pass passing sets, right? They're not going to be able to run all that motion and, and that kind of stuff and, and RPO plays when they are clearly going to be throwing the ball. That provides Iowa an opportunity to get to the passer. Now, in other pass blocking sets, in their non-traditional pass blocking sets, for the most part, the linemen are doing well, all grading above 74.2, except for their center, Eric Harris, who has a 53.8 grade and is allowed eight of 18 pressures. So this is really important for Noah Shannon, 
and Lucas Van Ness, if he's you know playing on the inside, if he can. Logan Lee. I mean, these are the guys we need to be watching in this game. Lucas Van Ness has done a really good job to this point of creating chaos and pressure despite being a little bit undersized. This is going to be a very key game for him as well, as Eric Harris is the weak point of this Maryland offensive line. And run blocking-wise, what I thought was interesting is they are running a lot and running with a lot of success from a uh, measurable standpoint. Obviously, a lot of a uh, lot of big time runs, a high yard per carry average, um, so a lot of success on the ground. But their run blocking isn't exactly that good. So only two guys above a sixty-eight run blocking grade, according to PFF. The other three are below sixty-three. And what's worthwhile noting is that they are significantly better run blockers in a zone running scheme than a gap scheme. So it does provide some nuances there. And they tried, they do try to run several gap plays as well, which will give Iowa an opportunity, especially against a team that struggles in going through their gaps in a gap running scheme. So that'll be really interesting to me to watch. Going on to the defensive side of the ball, we're going to be breaking down what to expect from this defense. Um, their pass coverage rating is 81. But is that really? Maryland, or is that the fact that they face some terrible throwing teams and the one team they face at a good passing attack lit them up? So what does that mean for Iowa coming into this game? Will Iowa have some room to operate? And who are the main guys that could be missing for Maryland? That is all coming up here in a few short moments, but I do want to tell you about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home, and you can save some money and put it in your pocket. I went to rockauto.com, and it took me five minutes to find two engine air filters. Cost me $50 less than going to the brick-and-mortar store. Save me again. 25 to 30 minutes of having to drive there and drive back, and it was delivered directly to my door. RockAuto.com is the place to be at if you need any auto or body part needs. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. And BetOnline.ag is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head over to the website or use your mobile devices today to sign up for a 100% welcome bonus when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, y'all, we've talked a lot about the offense. We're getting into it with this defense. I do want to remind you, though, and say thank you for making the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. And remind you that we will be back tomorrow giving you a prediction of what to expect in this game. Iowa versus Maryland, what is our projection? Do we think Iowa is going to cover the spread? How much will Iowa win by? Will they even win? What are the key storylines? And what do you need to be aware of getting ready for tomorrow night's game? That's all coming up on tomorrow's show. Getting into the defense. Their defensive grade overall is a respectable 78.2. Their pass rushing or their, yeah, the pass rushing grade is 74.6, and their rushing defensive grade is 
Where they really stand out in is their 81 coverage grade. But when you look at that coverage grade, you dig a little bit deeper. They haven't exactly played really explosive passing attacks. All right. Illinois is 112th in passing. West Virginia is 99th. Kent State is 48th. Now, let me remind you what Kent State did to Maryland. All right. Kent State had 308 yards throwing on a 60% completion percentage. And they ran the ball well. So when faced with a good defense or with a good offensive passing attack, Maryland hasn't exactly been up to snuff in those opportunities. Their secondary also struggles with missed tackles. 17 missed tackles in the secondary alone. So there's some run after the catch opportunities for guys like Tyrone Tracy Jr., Charlie Jones, and Keegan Johnson, or even Arlen Bruce if we can get him the ball in space. They are missing their original starting cornerback. Deontay Banks is out for the season, it sounds like. Replacing him, they have a guy who has also struggled as well. All right. So it hasn't been exactly all rainbows and sunshine and butterflies for this Maryland passing defense. Out of the other starting corners, Tarib still has a 56.4 coverage grade. So nothing to be overly concerned about from a coverage perspective. I think there's going to be some opportunities, especially if Maryland tries to load the box like other teams have to stop Iowa's run game. I believe based on what we saw against Colorado State, Iowa has the ability now to make some of those explosive plays, to go deep, to keep the defense honest and open it up a little bit more so that Iowa can get back to the running attack. Another thing to watch out for that I talked about, their linebackers are seemingly in flux. Fanaje Gote, he's out. He was a starting linebacker. Two guys behind him, Ruben Hippolyte and Brandon Jennings, both could be out as well. These are the top two linebackers on Maryland after Gote went down. Both these guys could be out as well. This The second level of the Maryland defense could really, really be hurting. Now, their defensive line, pretty darn good. The guy to watch out for here, Darrell Nachami, an 85.1 passing grade. He has 12 pressures and three sacks in four games. Six foot four, 260-pound fourth-year edge player. That's the guy to watch out for. And Greg Rose, an interior defensive lineman, a 72.1 pass rushing grade, 11 pressures, two sacks, six foot two, 295 pounds. This defensive line is their bread and butter right now on this defense. That is going to be the main storyline is can our Iowa offensive line that has been struggling to this point, can they hold together against a Maryland defensive line that is coming into its own and is very strong? Because if they can, if they can just get those blocks down and Tyler Goodson can hit his hole hard, this linebacker group is the weakness. And I expect if we can get to that second level, we can get 15-yard gains, 20-yard gains, a lot of explosive opportunities on the ground. I also think as we see where you know what Maryland's playing in terms of coverage, there's going to be a lot of opportunities attacking those linebackers. If it is a backup linebacker or if it is a Brandon Jennings and a Ruben who are you know, you know banged up a little bit, this is a big opportunity for Luke Lachey and Sam Laporta. So when I look at this Maryland defense, it doesn't really concern me, especially after what I saw against Colorado State, Iowa opening up the playbook a little more. Now, I know some people are very frustrated by Brian Ferentz and some of his playing calling. I think Brian is is a very Jekyll and Hyde type of play caller where he can have phenomenal days and then have a very off day. And even in between drives, call a play that leaves you scratching your head and then call another play that was just truly phenomenal, like that screenplay where Spencer threw the interception. Probably just a bad play call all around. But then you look at that touchdown to Tyrone Tracy Jr., pretty darn good. 
So just kind of a, a hit or miss there. But overall, I think I was in a good position here to have a really good offensive day. Now, it is important to note that Maryland is pretty solid in take or turn, turnovers or takeaways, I guess I could say, um, on defense. They are 15th in the nation with two per game. They forced five fumbles on defense to this point. Now, the person to watch out for, Ivory Kelly Martin, has struggled a little bit with not fumbling. Uh, in the last week, he only had two attempts compared to six the week before. So it might be interesting to see whether or not we see Ivory Kelly Martin a lot in this game and whether or not Maryland is really trying to punch the ball out there. I mean, obviously, they will try to, but they have been pretty successful to this point of forcing fumbles on opposing teams' running backs. When you look at where they are, though, so we talked about the grades they got, but in terms of pass rushing or passing yards allowed, Maryland is 93rd. So the coverage rating is 81, but they're allowing 256.7 yards through the air, 93rd best in the nation. In the rushing attempt or rushing game, they are 25th in the nation in rushing yards allowed per attempt at 3.1. Again, you look at that rush defense grade, 74.5. All right, so there's something to be be said there. But again, when you're missing three potential linebackers, that puts you in a world of hurt. And if Iowa can get to that second level, I expect that to be a big opportunity for the Hawks. Maryland's defense has been relatively stout to this point, only allowing 19 points per game. But Iowa's 56th in the nation in points scored at 28.8. Something has to give, and I think it's going to be Maryland's defensive production. The only other thing to know about this game, about Maryland, is they struggle sometimes with penalties. They are 97th in the nation in penalties at 7.3. For comparison, Iowa is 9th in penalties at 4.2. And from a special teams perspective, they have two guys alternating on the punt team. Um, and for the most part, doing a pretty good job of allowing their coverage to get down there. So it'll be interesting to see whether or not Charlie Jones does have any opportunities to return some punts. But to this point, Maryland's done a pretty good job of holding opposing kick returners to limited yards. I believe only 16 yards total the entire season in punt returning um, from guys returning punts from Maryland. And their kicker, not too bad. 16 of 17 extra point attempts. 7 of 10 from field goals, only 1 of 3 over 40 yards, though. So a little bit of a concern there. Um, if they're outside you know, the 20, can they actually kick a field goal? Will they actually kick a field goal? Will they be successful kicking that field goal? So really will be a good opportunity for Iowa, considering we have a very good bend but don't break defense. Once they get into the red zone, hold them to nothing, make them kick a field goal, gives us an opportunity. Maybe they miss, considering there's been some inaccuracy issues with Joseph Petrino so far at that kicker position. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we're going to be breaking down this game, the storylines, the keys to Iowa winning, and what our predictions are. So stay tuned for that. I do want to tell you, though, about the Locked On Bets podcast because betting on your team doesn't have to be a guessing game anymore. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast at. And that does do it for our show today. I appreciate you all listening in today. Hope you have a fantastic Thursday, and as always, let's go Hawks.